Welcome to the Analytics Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan McNamara, and this is a preview of a show that I did over for Analytics Dynasty subscribers. Uh, Alan from RotoWire joined me. We did 30 minutes of tr Dynasty Trades. This is a feature every Thursday that I do. I do a trade-centric Dynasty show, and occasionally we'll either it'll either just be me talking through Dynasty Trades from our trade database that has over 6,000 Dynasty Leagues trades in it or i'll have a guest come on and join me might be a subscriber or a, a, a guest that's in the fantasy industry have a rotating stream of that format each thursday uh, but every thursday you get content and then every day uh, every other day we have something else sunday strategy sessions right now we're covering different positions some different uh ways to exploit uh, differences at positions in terms of real draft position versus uh, some of the stuff that's going on in in uh in redraft leagues your underdog leagues and, and the like there so uh, all different things that we do every day dynasty podcast so if you're serious about dynasty uh and you're thinking about you know i if you're the person that says like i, I wish there was more content i wish i could have more content i want to think more about this stuff i want to think more about it strategically uh being an analytics dynasty subscriber is for you that's what we are designed for so, uh, so go ahead, subscribe to us, podcast every day, uh, get our tiers as well. You'll get our, some of our tracking devices, our uh, real draft position. We have a team, we have a roster, uh, we have a roster tracker as well, a team tracker, uh, that you can download and, and input your teams into, uh, and then as well as our trade database as well. So all that stuff you can find over at analyticsatdynasty.com for subscribers. And again, if you want even more, if you're thinking constantly, I want to talk about this stuff, I don't have, uh, you know, I don't have enough real people in my life that, that like this to the level that I do. You're the person that wants to be in our analytics of dynasty group chat, constantly talking dynasty, uh, and, and a whole host of other things as well, but dynasty centric, trade-centric startup drafts, a lot of startup drafts going on here as well. So uh, all that for Analytics Dynasty subscribers. So go ahead, give this a listen. It's a free preview of what you'll get over there every day at analyticsdynasty.com. So until next time, continue embracing the variance. We'll talk again very soon. Welcome to the Analytics Dynasty, a daily podcast. I'm your host, Jordan McNamara, and I have Alan from RotoWare here. We're going to do 30 minutes of trades. So I, I, we, we just recorded Alan's show. You can check that out. It's going to be on uh, the RotoWare feed. We're going to do 30 minutes of trades off some guys that we were talking about on his show as well. So one of the guys that you brought up, so thanks for joining us, Alan. One of the things that we discussed on your show was Zach Wilson. And either one of two things is probably true. Either he's not good or his wide receivers are overvalued. Right? Like, or, or they could all know, be bad. They could all be bad. Right. They could all be bad. But like he, <laughs> like the, the, his, his receivers are valued basically too high for him to be terrible, essentially. Is, is kind of what we thought. So I, I've looked at some trades that I'm itch and I, I sort of had my mind thinking a little bit as we sort of looked on Zach Wilson and 108 for 107. So basically a one spot bump up, but it's 207 and 209, right? So you get that one spot move up, but it's basically two later seconds. Like what's your, how do you think about that in terms of the Zach Wilson upside versus risk uh, debate? Yeah, th this is an easy call for me because as we talked about uh, on the other podcast is that the, I, I'm a quarterback driven super flex player. And especially when you talk about 
the insulation of, of a second overall pick like Zach Wilson, right? I mean, if Zach Wilson is bad, I'm talking about like, and he was bad last year, you know, but if he's bad again, he's still going to be starting in 2023. That's almost impossible to find and solving quarterback. And by the way, if he's bad, that's also relative in a super flex league. That means he's scoring you 14 points a game. Mm-hmm. That's better. Where would he rank on a weekly basis? If he was scoring 14 points a game against the wide receivers, He'd be wide receiver, 14 wide receiver, 15. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Yes, you know, you can make a you could get a nice hit in in second round with an injury away running back. But anytime that I'm going to get a high pedigree insulated quarterback, I'm usually going to take that side of it. Yeah. And it's funny because there's a variety of different ways these were done. So Zach Wilson in a 2023 third for Kadarius Tony in 110. Right. So what, what is 110? If, if you're a James Cook person, that's James Cook. It's Chris Olave. If you're lucky, it's Jameson Williams. So it's, you know, it, it, that side of it has the normal risk. And then the other side of it, it's, you're saying it's the quarterback is still involved with the 23, three third, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm always going to take the quarterback there because think about this. If, if Zach Wilson was thrown into the player pool this year, where would he get drafted? One, one, right. One, one. I mean, maybe one, two, if you're, you know, if you're a running backs, Brees Hall is the next Jonathan Taylor person, but there, I think that Zach Wilson is an example of he's a depressed asset. And if you can get a quarterback, I mean, who doesn't need a quarterback in Superflex? I don't know anyone that's like, oh, I'm good at quarterback. Yeah. There's a couple of teams that you talked about where you have your two elite quarterbacks, but you know, that could, that could Patrick Mahomes did get hurt for half of a year, a couple of years ago, right? That team would be dead without a, a viable quarterback three. Sure. Um, let me, so, so talking about having a need at quarterback, Josh Allen, Jacoby Myers, two ten, uh, for Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. Okay. So you get your two quarterbacks or the other side is Josh Allen. And what was the other part? It of doesn't it? matter. Josh yeah, Allen, exactly. Jacoby Myers. <laughs> well, because you know, like that's what I'm saying, like if someone came up, so someone's trying to get, I have the guy in my league that's trying to get Josh Allen because in the startup, I think it was two years ago, he was going in like the third round of super flex league. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was automatic. I, I, I was able to, uh, see that Josh Allen was going to be the QB one because his rookie year, I think like the final six games, he finished as the QB one. If you just took those six games. So yeah, it doesn't matter. Somebody offered me four first round picks. I said, no, I said, it's auto. No, for me, there's n- almost nothing you could do to get Josh Allen off my roster because like you, you often say he's a floor and he's an elevator. So yeah. he high floor, just, there's nothing you could do. Cause what of those first four, um, what of those four first round picks end up being 104, 105, 102, and 107. Those players are almost not going to equal Josh Allen. Right. Yeah. It's, I, it's, I feel bad sometimes. Like I probably should like kick you back an additional, some additional capital. <laughs> you, feel, you, you have empathy or didn't you say you're a lawyer? Lawyers <laughs> I don't really have empathy. empathy. It's just, okay. you know, it's sometimes you look at yourself in the mirror and like, I think I probably fleece that person. I, they didn't just realize uh, I, I talk about the NBA and it feels like to me, we talked about this on your show and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't process this until after we stopped, but you were like, what's different? You know, what, what's happening in five years that's different than now? And I said data. The other thing I look back at is like the, and I actually wrote about this in AOD 2022, the Oklahoma city thunder, basically. And, and it was 10 years ago, they were on the, the verge of being a, 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 the championship. They won game one. You know, they had need three more games to win. And no one knew that. And I think it was, I think it was, June 13th, 2020 or 2012, something like that. And no one realized that night that it was the high watermark, 
right? And that that was as far as that they would ever go with three first ballot Hall of Famers on their roster at the, under the Crazy. age of 24. And then like within weeks, James Harden got traded. And it's funny because we are in the dynasty version of that time, which mm-hmm. is he was, a, it was a superstar trade that basically they, they didn't pay, like they traded stuff for him, but it wasn't anywhere near what he was worth. And now everyone is now it's gone super far the other way of like everyone's overpaying for the superstars because they've probably now realized that they've gotten to that point. I feel like that's the difference in quarterbacks. Like we're still in the James Harden cheap, the James Harden to Houston trade versus the James Harden from Houston trade era of, of dynasty. And it seems like these elite quarterbacks, you could still like the four first thing, like what can I do with four first that Josh Allen is just not going to stop out because like, I need to get really lucky and, uh, and be good with those where Josh Allen, all he needs to do is roll out of bed and beat them. You know what I mean? And, and that's, and by the way, four first, you're never going to get that offer. I mean, that would be the best offer right. you'd ever get. It would have to be, you know, it would have to be like a player. You'd have to be going down to uh, Joe Burrow plus a first, you're right. you know, something like that where, you know, and who knows if the Joe Burrow owner would do that. So you were talking about the, uh, the NBA playoffs and, mm-hmm. I, and how that compares to dynasty. And I like that comparison a lot. Because um, it's it all depends on your depth. You value mm-hmm. sometimes that's a mistake in dynasty player game that if we if we're deep at a position we value it less. Mm-hmm. For example, I made a big mistake, and we all you know that winning dynasty players they make mistakes. They just make a few less than everybody else. But I yeah. make I made a catastrophic one last year. I had three elite quarterbacks. You talk about how you like to build your teams with two elites. I think Lamar Jackson was my QB three. You know, mm. it was just based on rookie. So I traded him away for Daniel Jones and Amari Cooper because I needed wide receiver help. Stupid trade, stupid mm-hmm. trade. I mean, you know, listen, I, I'm, you know, and every day it's that, that's the one where I wake up in the morning and I hate myself. I can't even look <laughs> myself in the mirror, you know, right, and right. have you ever made a trade like that? Where I have, you, I have. Yeah. Right, what it was, was it? actually involving Amari Jackson as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> what was the trade? I know you remember. So tell uh, me I gave Lamar Jackson, uh, Stefan Diggs and it was a running back and I can't remember who the running back was, but I didn't, uh, but it was for DeAndre Hopkins and it was right before uh, Lamar Jackson won the MVP. It was that off season. And the reason I didn't make, the reason I made the deal was because I had uh, youth at quarterback solved with Baker Mayfield. Right. And that was a, you know, we, t- I talked with you about how, AOD basically is a, is a reflection on all my failures, right? That mm. basically put me in a spot where I like, I can't have this happen again. Why did this go wrong? What happened? And it was, Hey, these two are probably coin flips. You didn't think of it that way. They were coin flips, probably closer to it than you gave it credit for, but you were still flipping from a lot lower level. Right. So even if a, you know, even if a Baker Mayfield was quote successful, it wasn't going to be that, that big of a difference you needed an elite quarterback and that was the, and it was a start one league too, but that's mm. just the one that harkened back to. It was always a mistake. And it was a mistake from a process perspective that I didn't realize until later on. And I think I was coming from a good place. And I think you were too, because I'm of the mindset. You and we were all in, in leagues with people that have to win the trade. And if they yeah. don't win the trade that, you know, they, they can't take the shame of people yelling at them on the message board. Right. right. So they have to win the trade. Right. But I have adopted the mindset that I'm okay losing the trade to make my team better. And I think that's an area where dynasty players 
can gain an edge. You find, so, okay, so maybe the, the you know, your personal mind, your trade calculator has you at 90%, uh, a 90 index on this trade. But if it does put you in that championship window, if you are trading Lamar Jackson and you wouldn't want to do it for Daniel Jones and Amari Cooper, but substitute him top, you know, uh, wide receiver 10 and, you know, QB 14, it, this trade can work for you. So I, I don't want to punish myself too much for the process. It just was, it was very reckless. And I picked the, the wrong players. You did it with Baker Mayfield. I did it with Daniel Jones. Yeah, those, it, it happens, right? And then you learn from it. So it's, um, yeah. it, it'll be okay. It'll be all right. Um, we'll, I don't we'll know. Get, we'll, it'll, we'll be okay. it. it'll be fine. I'm still, still, still paid. I'm still paying by it. And I still have one guy in my league that posts the screenshot of that trade every time Lamar, you know, and I, listen, I, I got thick skin, kind of. But yeah. it's funny. I think we can get over like that's what the the one thing people worry about is like oh, I don't want to lose a trade that'll sink my team. Even if you make a bad trade, like you could still like that that it might lose you a win, right? Or or maybe a little bit more than that. But it's really tough if you're to sink your trade to sink your team in a trade. It's just really um, you try not you know you're trying to always decrease your odds of of making a catastrophic trade and increase your odds of making a really good one. Like that's your goal and you're going to make bad ones, but I don't think like uh, the more, especially if you're making a lot of trades, like the, the idea that one sinks your team, I think um, you can't, you can't hurt yourself on it. Can I flip your podcast on you? Can I ask you a trade? One that I saw, this is a real trade in a real money league. So, I mean, it's a $250 entry. So it's, you know, to some people that's high stakes to some people. I mean, it's a real league. Okay. So I saw a super flex Mahomes trade. I know this goes, this is against your religion, Jordan. Trading Patrick Mahomes, trading Josh Allen. I mean, this, this would have, this is seismic for the league ship, but here it goes. And it's not, okay, here it, I'll just say it's super flex. You got Zach Wilson, Cousins, Fournette, and 109. Let me say it again. Mahomes gets traded. Zach Wilson, upside. Kirk Cousins, stable. Fournette, top 12 running back, 109. A lot of ways you can go there. Mahomes, and I wouldn't flinch. Right. But it's, is, it, is it a fair trade? Even though you understand the value of it is on the Mahomes side, is that if, if that trade went through in your league, would you be like this league is ruined? I wouldn't. I would say that the one the one side got hosed. Hosed. Uh, it's yeah. not even close. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I look at the trades with especially with elite quarterbacks, and we again, I just feel like I'm I'm stealing NBA stuff. But I use the 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 line from Sam Hinkie, which is like, "Are you the longest view in the room?" and I don't view that my entire roster through that lens, but I do view quarterbacks and because in super flex, that's it, the, the, the thing that probably in all of sports that you can project the most is that great quarterbacks are going to stay great for a while. Um, everything else is, is a lot of variance around it, but great quarterbacks will stay great. Um, the problem with going from, and there was a, actually a trade involving Jonathan Taylor and Josh Allen this week that, that I saw that someone was like, Oh, you know, I got all, I got basically got full value. Cause the problem with that is if Jonathan, and it was, it involved Trevor Lawrence, like there was multiple pieces to it. I said, but the problem with that is if Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, you take a catastrophic loss on this deal. Mm. You take a catastrophic loss on this deal. And I like Fournette. Um, I, I like cousins more than the market, but the problem with that is, is if any of it goes wrong. And if Zach, if Zach Wilson's not a top 10 fantasy quarterback, you lose the deal. 
especially if you look back in a, in a year from now, like to win this in the long term, you have to be Zach Wilson's got to become the thing. And I have some questions about it right now. So I think with the, with the elite quarterbacks, like with dynasty, and it's funny because people will take the long view on dynasty from roster spot 10 through 18 or 10 through 28, but they won't do it at one, which is interesting. And yeah. I, it's, it, that, that's the thing where I think I'm just, we view it differently. And I think that that's a way, you know, if we're looking at efficiencies to exploit, I hope that one doesn't close down on us. Yeah. And the other player that I'm, I'm not seeing traded a lot that I wanted to ask you about is Trey Lance, because he is in Superflex leagues valued as a top 15 pick but right now there's market doubt on him. So I'm trying to figure out what I can trade to get rid of it. Cause I have him as a QB three, actually in the league where I have Mahomes and Josh Allen, there's the one league where I have the, you know, the super team, uh, but I have Trey Lance, so I'm, but I'm weak at some of the other positions. I tried offering Trey Lance for Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase trade up to two separate dynasty owners. And both of them, shut me down. And both of those guys didn't have strong QB twos. So what do you think the 2022 off season market in the trade market, because that's different than the startup market. We know that mm-hmm. is going to be for Trey Lance. So here we go. I've got, I've got good ones. One Oh two for Trey Lance. I mean, that's Trey. I mean, Ooh, okay. Hold on. I almost, I almost went crazy there. Right. So that's either Kenny pick. Sorry. That's uh, that's Ken Walker. That's London or that's Pickett, depending on your flavor. Right. Yep. I mean, you're going to take Trey Lance. One Oh one for Trey Lance. Okay, now it's a conversation because this is the take a quarterback or take, you know, the the perceived elite running back. So I'm going to take Trey Lance there just based on startup value. Brees, mm-hmm. Trey Lance goes ahead of Brees Hall in right. startups. Right. Here's here's one that I think if you were trying to pivot off of Lance, I think here's like a 300 level version of that. Okay, because I need that. Trey Lance and Josh Jacobs for Dak Prescott, because here's why here's why I think that deal makes sense is like a three or four hundred level as sort of like a zig. If you're trying to sell Trey Lance to someone that needs quarterback and is contending, Trey Lance might not be their flavor. But if you're trying to send your third quarterback to a team that's contending, Dak Prescott may be their flavor. Right. So I think that that would be a different way that you could basically pivot off of him. And that would be for me, that's a jump from like a core contributing quarterback up to a supermax quarterback at not that big of a cost. But again, they're relatively similar in terms of ADP, but their expectations way different because of their prior, their prior records there. So that would be one that I think would be an interesting pivot wise to, to go for. But even see on this particular team in this particular situation where I have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, I don't even need to take a quarterback back because I think I even have like a couple, you know, one or your guys. I have a, a, a lot of Sam Darnold, Mitch Trubisky types on the mm-hmm. roster. So who's a non-quarterback pivot? Because I think other people are in this situation. They have two good quarterbacks. They drafted Trey Lance in their rookie drafts and they're sitting there and they may be weak at other positions. So who are some non-quarterback pivots do you think for Trey Lance? God, I haven't seen a non-quarterback. I'm looking back and we haven't I, seen one since this. We, I haven't seen one. This I agree. Year involving him. I mean, I tried so. CD lamb plus a pick. It's just, there, there is my point is, well, I guess Brees Hall. Yeah. You know, I mean, you did see that mm-hmm. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, right? Those are guys <laughs> that, that there's that pivot around. Um, Deontay Johnson and Mark Andrews early on this off season. That's I think tight end premium. Right. That's an interesting one. Because as you guys talk about, Trey Lance is not a lock to start week one. Correct. 
He's almost not. I I have looked through two or three dozen of these trades, and I think he's involved with the quarterback on every single one. Oh, I'm sorry. No, the second one down, third one down. Trey Lance, uh, Cole Komet, and 111 for Kyle Pitts. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Where are you looking to get these trades? Where do you pull Uh, them from? My analytics dynasty trade database. There you go. The subscriber trade database. Um, I'm going to add that to my link too, because I think that's useful to see. Cause you know, the worst you've been in leagues where the guy sends you the, the lead, the the screenshot of the, of the trade calculator. And you're like, dude, this is crazy. You know, like, yeah, you need like your own cal, and we can calibrate it in our head a little bit, but I think that the actual trades that went down, we could see what good and bad. So I I like that tool. I'm going to go check that out. It it definitely helps you. Um, Here's one that I think is fascinating from a, from a, perspective of like how you view risk justin Fields, zach wilson and 109 for trey lance and 105 so you're basically going two of the guys from last year for one last year and then you're moving some picks around yeah i mean you're always going to take the multiple shots right because right. I, I still believe in all of the quarterbacks and in fact my my quarterback optimism is increased because now i believe in davis mills too you yeah. know so yeah i mean you know mac jones is who i thought he'd be he was you know very quarterback 15 ish, which is very valuable in super flex, right? I mean, he's going in the third, fourth, fifth round, depending on your micro market of your drafts and startups. So yeah, I'm always going to take the two shots. And as I said earlier, that even if these top 10 quarterbacks are bad, they're going to get you 14 points a game, 16 points a game. We don't want that. We want them to be good. And they're going to get two more years, two additional years of Mm -hmm. start of starts. Yep. Yeah. And that's, you'd be and the best part about them is if you have them and you have you sort of make a conscious point of like all right if i can't pick between these other guys the position i'll just take the premium position what you find yourself doing is like i had a team that had allen and had mahomes but had problems everywhere else but like we talked about it's the team that can go out and make 18 threes they're gonna they're really hard to beat I was able to make some tinkering around those two guys just carried me a long way, but trade Mac Jones for Devontae Adams. And that's a trade where, again, you're dealing from depth, you're dealing from a strength, and then you're addressing a high upside, high ceiling type situation in Adams. Whereas if you're sort of chase, we look at some of these other ones and you're chasing kind of need where I think that is, that is building from depth and actually getting a need that's possible if you just kind of continuously attack the position and people are going to, we talked about this on your show too. People are going to be wanting to rebuild prematurely this year. And I think you're going to get a lot of value. So having rare pieces, that's why I think like the more I talk about Kenny Pickett, the more I'm interested in him. I told you he's my one. He's my one Oh two in super flex leagues. Um, I understand if, if he's not I understand if someone wants, you know, cause he's been falling to four five, six, but right. it, you know, I, I am in on Brees Hall. It's so hard to get a 20 year old workhorse running back and, yep. you know, I'll take my shot. Just again, those guys, just Javante Williams. He's already, he's been damaged, uh, you know, market perception damaged. He's still going high. Right. I mean, right. it's those, those guys are rare, but pick it. If, you know, since he's out, he was drafted at pick 20 ish. Um, I'm still taking him high. Uh, when you drive, him off the lot he doesn't depreciate in value he'll only go up uh especially you know it's just, uh, do you think he's going to start week one or do you still think that's they strike me as the type of team that's you know they defer to the veteran he's got to earn it you know it makes you wonder if if trubisky can do it though right like if trubisky is the guy that can sort of put him yeah. on a you know put put him on his back foot right that just seems like it might be tough so this isn't a situation where you have 
Um, Even Andy Dalton, I would say, right. oh, if, if he it's would a great be, example. Yeah, it's a great example. Right. I was thinking Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton type. Like that's a, it's just a tougher situation, I think, to crack. Where I don't think Trubisky has the same no. level of. He hasn't done anything. He doesn't right. have any trophies, as an MVP considerations. He doesn't even have you know playoff success. You know that that people remember. You know, right. whereas Dalton is is perceived as this war, you know, this seasoned wartime vet. Great. Leonard Fournette or Christian Watson? I mean, I'm Leonard Fournette. You know, you get, let me just preface this by telling your audience that I am the guy that when you look in a startup draft, my roster is probably going to look like this. I'm going to have Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, Derek Henry and Dalvin Cook all on the same team. Because while everyone else is attacking these young, unproven assets, I, and I never, and I used to be you, I used to be mm. that person who attacked. I am now taking my playing dynasty in two year windows. Now you don't want to have all uh, assets that expire at the same time. So Leonard Fournette, for all of the reasons that just look, the biggest edge you can get in dynasty, I think is when the redraft, and it's also a sobering moment is when the redraft rankings come out and you've been playing startups all off season mm-hmm. is look at the chasm. No better example than Mike Evans yep. that you guys always talk about. Yep. Wide receiver nine in, in redraft wide receiver 24 in dynasty. Yep. Those are the guys to gravitate to. So hundred percent easy call for me with Fournette. What about here's, here's a different pivot. So this is a pivot of a, of a different order of magnitude. DeAndre Swift for Leonard Fournette in a 2023 first. Okay. So you would get Fournette of the first. Okay. Now Swift is, I try to be non-emotional. I've said that a couple of times, you know, I don't try, I don't love players. I love players. I always make the joke that, Hey, if Saddam Hussein could score me fantasy points, I would have drafted Saddam Hussein. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't care. I'll draft the, you know, the guy who's been in the news for off field issues. I don't sell Tyreek Hill off my thing because he's involved in an incident. I draft, I take those guys. So already, you know, I'm playing with a low moral standard. So yeah, but DeAndre Swift is the one player who's near and dear to my heart. I'm probably still taking Swift there, though it's probably non-optimal. The, my brain says Fournette in the pick. My heart, unfortunately, is going to take Swift. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I think Where are you I, on that? Um, Let's call it 108, the pick. Yeah. I mean, if it's next year's, it's going to be super valuable in terms yes. of that. I think, um, man, I, I'm sort of half in, half out on how long the deal for uh, Fournette actually is, if it's a one-year, if it's a two-year deal. So that gives me a little bit of pause on that. Um, I just look at the football guys' rankings, and they have, uh, they've got Swift at seven, and they've got Fournette at 13. It's basically a Redraft rankings or dynasty rankings? Uh, redraft projections. There's a 45-point difference. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know how that happens. So I would probably take Fournette because I don't think that that's that big. Of a, I think that's too big of a difference. Fournette's probably – you know what he is? He's not in a one-year window. He's not in a two-year window. He's in a Tom Brady window. Yeah. Tom, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, he's a circle of trust. you follow him to Miami next year? Uh, wherever you know yeah <laughs> so you really think he's going to go to Miami that that's interesting I mean we hear that all the time but Brady is going you know is, he's a circle of trust guy he's a bring his guys with him you know right. he would probably still ask the team to take Julian Edelman and James White with him if he could right 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 we project him for oh, this is weird we project him for only 298 receiving yards and that's basically be his lowest since the first year and Burnett yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. He's never, that's basically in a full season. He's never had that low. So I I don't know. I think there might be a little hole in our our projection. Like I would project, I would project for not higher than that. And that's why I think where I'd get it from. Is Rashad white a problem for him? I I don't think so at all. Cause just rookie running backs, Tom Brady, no chance to me that felt more like a, Hey, we just need to develop somebody because we don't trust Keyshawn Vaughn. So I'm, Acting like in redraft leagues and best ball leagues that I've been playing, I take Fournette in the first round. I take him at pick 10, pick 11. Right. It's ahead of ADP. Yeah. We've got, we had Rashad White for 28 receptions and 43 for Fournette. So, and I think that would be like the lowest Fournette's had in a while. Um, I guess in that one season, in, yeah, and it would be, yeah, he only played 12 games that first season in Tampa, but he had 80, he had 69 receptions last year for 454. And, and he I had can't a, see how that goes way, way down. And only 16 games, by the, and only 14 games, by the way. Fournette is in an, an elite, he has a hundred reception season on his resume, doesn't he? 100 target season. He caught 100. 76 balls for 522 in that 2019. Yeah. He got 84 and- balls last year for, for 69 catches in 545. Sorry, five. Sorry, 454 last year, two touchdowns. I mean, that's that's a, a huge addition to his rushing aspect. I mean, that's a lot of points. So. In the age of the age of the mobile quarterback, there's there's only a handful now. The the Tom Brady statue guys are that actually dump off the ball. Right. They're they're the rare breed now. They're the dying breed. And Tom Brady will throw the ball to the running back. So yeah, you have to. Uh, that's a floor, a projection floor for Fournette too. And I you know I don't remember the original point that we were making, but I'm in on Fournette. Oh, it was versus DeAndre Swift. I just I just think DeAndre Swift is such a good player. And the yeah. guy, you know, even though he's had some injury problems, I you know, you have to like the lions and what they're going to do. And Jared Goff is another one of those guys. He'll dump it off to the, he's had running backs like Todd Gurley, where they have the 40, 50, 60 floor reception. So, well, I was thinking about like, if you have a problem with, with golf, like if you have a problem at quarterback golf, like it's, again, it's not a huge, maybe an upside situation, but like from a, from the perspective of he has multiple first round wide receivers, he's got, um, or multiple first round. Um, he's got a first round tight end, first round wide receiver. He's got Swift. He's got Amon Ross St. Brown. Like he's got tackles. Like he's got all the stuff that's that's pretty good. I mean, like here, the, just in the prism of what we were talking, Jared Goff in 108 for 105. Um, that 108 might be Pickett too. Like you might actually get two in, quarterbacks out of that deal in single quarterback. Uh, and st- and st- and and. Super flex. Like right. that's that's in the re, in the range of getting picket. And if you want to say like, hey, I want to take two bets instead of one, like I think that's an that's an interesting way to do it. But for seconds all around, um, golf in a third for Tannehill. Like I think that's you look at a guy that could maybe make a bigger difference. Golf, if everything breaks right for him, it probably has a higher ceiling than it does for Tannehill. So it's interesting it, stuff there with him. Yeah, it's because everyone sees Goff as oh, this is it. This is the last year. Lions are getting ready to put the quarterback into the into into the offense next year. Where Jared Goff is now headed on the uh, five years ago Andy Dalton track, right? Where he's going to be yep. that spot starter for he's going to be the a bridge starter for every team that drafts a second round rookie quarterback. So Goff is still going to be a very useful fantasy asset for three or four weeks a year, even after he gets sixteen starts or seventeen starts this year. Who's your number one quarterback in Superflex? I mean, it's Josh Allen, but I have Herbert squarely at two, Mahomes at three. But if you told me they were, you know, that's a tier for me. It's All a right. tier for me. Let's see. All right, we've got a minute. 
Tell me if anyone got enough for uh, Josh Allen. Uh, Dak Prescott in 105 for Josh Allen in 203. It, it the default no. Okay. It's always it's oh I know you love Prescott, but I I, I love uh, Josh Allen. It's just there's too much upside every week. Lamar Jackson and Aaron Jones. Oh, that's a good one. But you know, Aaron Jones, it's and especially if you're in a win now mode, it's not. I like that trade because you still have that that MVP upside with uh, Lamar Jackson and Aaron Jones is uh, to me he's going to smash this year in redraft. I have him in the first round. Okay, but you'd still take Allen. Yeah. Uh, no, no. On this one, I'm pivoting over because I feel like okay, Lamar yeah, does yeah. give you that upside of Josh Allen. Okay. Uh, Stafford, Barkley, and Austin Hooper for Josh Allen. That's a Josh Allen side. Okay. Kyler Murray and Cam Akers for Josh Allen and a future second. I mean, uh, Cam Akers, to me, he's not on my draft board unless he falls to a place that he's never fallen before. Uh, so it, this is a Josh Allen. Well, Alan, that was good. We did 30 <laughs> minutes of dynasty trades, and I want to thank you for coming on. Check out the RotoWire Dynasty show, which I just did with you, which will be out before this today. Is... It'll be today. Yeah. So, we're, which is, which is four be... days ago. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when you're listening to this, it'll have been out. So, go ahead and take a look at that. And until next time, continue embracing the variants. We'll talk again very soon.